Thank you for tuning into the Rainy Day Horror Show. I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, aka the Certified Cougar Hunter, aka the man with balls too big to handle. And on today's episode, we are taking a trip to the sunshine state of Florida to learn about the serial killer who inspired the Scream movies, Sir Danny motherfucking Rowling. So, sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, maybe drink a Kool-Aid jammer, but make sure you get your Crocs on and set them bitches in adventure mode, and let's get this show on the road. Now yes, I know I'm a little late to the party, and Scream 6 has been out for a little bit now, but I only thought it was fitting to do an episode on the man who inspired the Ghostface Killer. Now, before we get into this horror story, please, in the comments, let me know what is your favorite scary movie. So, without further ado, Danny Harold Rowling was born on May 26, 1954. Side note, I'm going to start keeping track of what their zodiac sign is, and I'll tally it up to see what zodiac sign has the most serial killers. So Geminis, you're on the board. Now Danny is a product of James Rowling's sperm and Claudia Rowling's egg. Danny was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, which, as of right now, has a population of 184,021 people. Danny was born into an abusive family. His dad was a cop, and he never wanted to have kids. So, what did he do to make up for not wearing a cock coat? Beat the living piss out of his children. Danny was only one years old when he got beat for the first time. And the reason for that beating? Well, it's allegedly because he wasn't crawling properly. But when Danny's younger brother was born, the abuse only worsened. Mama Claude tried leaving this poisonous marriage, but at the end of the day, she kept coming back. Now when Danny was in the third grade, he failed due to too many absences from a little boy illness, and when his mama found out, she had a nervous breakdown, knowing that a beating was going to be served on a silver platter. Danny was described as suffering from an inferiority complex, with aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control by his counselors, but little did everyone know this was just a taste of the monstrous rage in Danny Boy's life. By the age of 11, Danny picked up a guitar and learned to play and sing hymn-like songs to cope with his father's abuse. And it was around this time where his mother was checked into a psychiatric hospital after slitting both of her wrists. Then, after that day, Danny got heavily involved in drugs and alcohol, which broke down his poor, fragile brain. 
at the age of 14, Danny was caught Mission Impossible style spying on his neighbor's daughters. After the parents confronted Danny's mom and dad, Danny's dad decided to beat him, and the poor kid tried to refrain from his creepy endeavors by attending church and trying to hold a steady job, but that ultimately didn't work, so he enlisted in the Air Force. Yes, our little Danny was in the Chair Force, but he was ultimately kicked out due to drug use. It is rumored that Danny had taken acid over a hundred times while serving. After he was kicked out, he then got married, and shortly after that, at the age of 23, he threatened to kill his wife, so she ended up divorcing him after only being with him for four years. Danny was devastated after the divorce, so he hit the streets looking for his doppelganger wife, to which he did find, and once he found her, he ended up raping her. Then later that year, in 1977, he ended up killing a woman in a car accident. From the year 1970 to 1990, he was in and out of the criminal justice system for committing petty crimes, mainly committing armed robberies, and there were numerous accounts where Danny actually broke out of prison. Somewhere between 1970 and 1990, Danny actually murdered three victims in Shreveport. He murdered 24-year-old Julie Grissom, her father, Tom Grissom, and her 8-year-old nephew, Sean, who were all killed around the time Danny lost his job. Then, in May of 1990, Danny returned to his father's house one day and shot him twice almost killing the 58-year-old man. Even though he didn't die, he ended up losing an eye and an ear. Danny then fled to Sarasota, Florida, changing his identity to Michael Kennedy Jr. in late July of 1990 to continue his killing spree. On August 24, 1990, Danny broke into the home of Sonia Larson and Christina Powell, who were both freshmen at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Danny followed them both home, broke into their house, bound their hands with rope, duct taped their mouths, raped, and then stabbed them to death. After they were dead, he would return again to fuck their dead bodies. He then also cut the nipples off of Sonya's body to keep as a trophy. Then, the very next day, he would strike again, this time killing Krista Hoyt, and he killed her in the same exact way that the first victims were killed. The only thing that was different is after she was dead, he cut her head off and placed it on a bookshelf. Then, he positioned her headless corpse on the edge of her bed. Around this time, the murders started headlining the local news stations. Local authorities were releasing as much info as possible, and the students? The students started sleeping in numbers. But that ultimately wouldn't help anybody in the end. Then, on August 27th, Danny would strike again, this time killing Tracy Pauls and Manuel Toboda. He first killed Manuel in his sleep, then he killed Tracy, but the crime scene this time wasn't as gruesome, 
as the authorities would say he was either afraid of being caught or was interrupted by something else. All these murders occurred within two miles of each other on campus. The University of Florida was forced to cancel classes for the week, making thousands of students leave campus and 700 students not returning. Police at first couldn't find evidence to arrest the Gainesville Ripper, since Danny's dad was a cop he picked up on a few things so he could cover his tracks pretty well. Instead of leaving duct tape on the dead bodies, he would dispose of it in a nearby garbage. Danny also used cleaning solvents to remove any traces of semen left on the dead bodies. Danny did leave some clues at the crime scene though, that would later help the local authorities. He would leave his victims in sexually compromising positions. After these murders, Danny wouldn't refrain from his crimes. While he was committing these murders, he would still steal from homes and gas stations and he would eventually be caught after he got into a high-speed chase in Okala, Florida. He was wanted for robbing a Winn-Dixie, but little did the authorities know they had just captured the Gainesville Ripper on September 8, 1990, two weeks after his murder spree. Then four months later, in January of 1991, the feds caught a break. Sir Danny didn't cover up his tracks well enough because the DNA from the Shreveport murders matched the DNA from the Gainesville murders. Danny was charged with the murders from Gainesville and Shreveport and was executed on October 25th, 2006 in Florida. For his final meal, he chose lobster tail, served with drawn butter, with a baked potato to be topped with butter and sour cream. For dessert, he had strawberry cheesecake, and for his drink, he had sweet tea. A man with exquisite taste for fine dining. While 47 people watched him being executed, the rock star decided to sing a hymn-like song to bring him peace before he went to hell. And that's the story of the Gainesville Ripper. Now, you may be asking yourself, how did this inspire the Scream movies? Well, we're getting there. Kevin Williams, the screenplay writer, caught wind of this in 1990. He then studied the case and wrote the scripts. Mixed up a few things, like instead of it being college students, he made them high school students. Then he gave the killer a more appealing name, and then BAM! Scream was born and kicked off Williamson's career and the Scream franchise. Scream debuted on December 20th, 1996, making over $173 million in the box office. Williamson would later say in an interview that back when I was researching Danny Rowling, I wanted to write about a serial killer on a college campus and an FBI agent hunting down a college professor. But then I decided to do Scream. There are now murals on the University of Florida's campus, remembering all five students that died at the hands of Danny Rowling. So, with that being said, I hope 
you enjoyed today's episode on the Gainesville Ripper. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and a wonderful week. Make sure you follow my personal account at Dusty McBalls and my channel's Instagram account at The Rainy Day Horror Show. Also, don't forget to fondle my notification bell till it gets aroused and dings so you know every time I upload. Stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, stay safe. McBalls out. (laughs) 